This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about college football. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into our college podcast. We've had a Rangers podcast. We've had a Cowboys podcast. And now colleges. It's been a wild and wacky season already in college football. Uh, locally, we've seen the the, uh, the Texas Longhorns rebound and get a get a win over USC. Very much needed. I'm not saying we're that, talking about football, not basketball, Kevin. Oh, I said rebound. I should yeah. have said that. Okay. Uh, Recover. We we saw a we saw the Longhorns beat handily a USC team that I believe is not very good. I believe that seems to be the general consensus. At yeah, this point. but you know what? They needed a win. They got it. Hey, and they were down 14-3, and they came back and scored, what, 34 unanswered points, right? Yeah, they, they, they played well, and they did what they needed to do because I'm going to tell you right now, it, it's only going to get tougher from here. they got to play TCU this week. Uh, they got to play at Kansas State, and then they got to play Oklahoma. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough road for them. Right. And there was, a, there was a real possibility they could go in, they could be sitting after the Oklahoma game at 1-5. and five. Right. So – so at least they've kind of gotten themselves going in the right direction. I don't, I don't know that they've solved any problems uh, yet, but at least they're they've played better. Well, I think, I, I look, I think a beating game. a program, you know, of the even though USC is down, um, and all the apparently all the Los Angeles area schools appear to be down. There. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, you get you've got the Chip ca- Kelly is, quarterback's dads complaining about Chip Kelly. Yeah. Uh, he, Winning that game at home in front of a big crowd, there's certainly some momentum. College football is a momentum game. There's some momentum to be gained off of that. question now is they're going to be playing a TCU team that uh, that had a very tough loss to Ohio State, was in that game and, and led that game into the second half. Um, and I think, you know, I think we can all agree Gary Patterson is a strange man, yes. but he's also a very good football coach. Um, I'm afraid to see how much he'll be sweating on the sidelines this yeah. weekend, but uh, that will be a big test for them, you know. And if they get if they get a win over over TCU this weekend, now all of a sudden you're talking about some momentum, some real momentum. That, that's a that would be a much bigger win than yeah, beating, oh absolutely than beating USC absolutely. Well, but combined with it, and the other the other thing again, just in needing to beat USC, but just before they went out on the field to beat USC, Temple beat Maryland. It yeah. wasn't a real good look <laughs> for not. that loss to open the season. No. So now suddenly you had losing to a team that just lost to Temple and not looking good against Tulsa if they had not won that game. At home. But but now, again, it shows you how quickly it can flip, and yeah, that's, yeah. That, especially in college football with that momentum. Texas has a chance to do something now that they haven't since Herman's been there, which is start to build a little excitement on if you come back and beat TCU, who is what? I think TCU's beating them four straight years now. Well, I'm looking that up. Uh, I um, think that sounds right. Uh, uh, I think it's, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's now if you do that. Them. They beat them a whole mess of them. <laughs> what, four in a row and five of the last six. Yeah. Yeah, so – 
yeah, they, they've got their number. And, and in these games, this is how many points uh, Texas has scored. Uh, okay, set, Norm, go ahead and rattle set, off some numbers. Seven, nine, seven, and ten in those four losses. So they've shut them down. And, of course, that's what Gary Patterson does. He's a, sure. great, he's a great defensive coach, and, and they figured out how to shut him down. And, look, uh, Texas offense, even though they played better against USC – there, there are no dynamic playmakers in that offense. There's no great running back. Now they've got a nice freshman running back, and he's and he's and he looks like he has some promise. But the offensive line hasn't done much, and the quarterbacks, you know, uh, Sam Ellinger, he's he's a good runner, not a particularly great passer. Uh, and what's got him beaten at the end of last year or in the second half of last year, and then uh, so far against Maryland was turnovers uh, and, and really untimely turnovers at that. So we'll see what they do. I, I, I'm, I'm going with TCU. I don't, I don't know how you could take Texas uh, in this game. TCU. Really? Well, that is t- TCU in that Ohio State game. Uh, listen, that Ohio State, that is a great team. They got great personnel. Uh, he might have as good a team, Urban Meyer might have as good a team as he's had mm-hmm. In the last six or seven, I think. Bad guy, good team. Bad guy, good team. <laughs> and and I tell you, they'll they'll be in the final four. So it, it, going into the, or uh, well, they good, certainly their their chances certainly were helped by Wisconsin losing on. Yes, and 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 uh, so I just think that this is a to to hang with them when when TCU's offensive line is so new. You know they got they had four new starters this year. To, to hang with a team that has that kind of defensive front that, that uh, Ohio State has when you got all those new guys and you got, uh, you know, uh, a new quarterback. You know, he played a little bit last year, but then Sean Robinson. And, and so the, to be able to, to play as well as they did for that long, that's really something. So I, I think that uh, TCU will, will win this game. And, I don't, and I'm, you know, maybe Texas can, uh, can win at Kansas State. I haven't seen enough of Kansas State yet to really get a firm hold on that. They're just – that, that Texas struggles there. They haven't won there, I think, in 10 years. So uh, it's going to be difficult for, for the Longhorns from here on out. Now, uh, looking around a little bit, uh, you know, we, we've seen now Texas A&M uh, and, and Jimbo Fisher has just done an unbelievable job with Kellen Mond uh, from what he was last year. At the, you know, last year he was an athletic guy who had a decent arm, but, uh, you know, trouble making decisions and, and not nearly as polished as, as Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle throws for 500 yards in the bowl game last year. Everybody assumes that this is a guy who's more of a pro-style quarterback, which is what Jimbo likes, and that guy uh, just threw for 500 yards in a bowl game. And he, he makes the decision, no, I'm going with Kellen Mond. I'm sorry, I was I was catching up. I just wanted to double-check what the line was on Texas and TCU. I didn't realize TCU was only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by that. I I thought they'd be a little bit bigger favorite. Yeah. I thought they'd be a touchdown favorite. So anyway, thank you for interrupting. Uh, You're welcome. What so, were you talking about, David? How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yourself? So I, I do think this is going to be a difficult season for A&M just because, you know, the SEC West is always difficult. Uh, but, you know, they played so well against Clemson. Then, you know, then they had, uh, you know, uh, Louisiana Monroe last week, and that's, you know. Right. That's Louisiana Monroe. They've got, and yeah, they they they're going to Tuscaloosa this weekend. They are a twenty six and a half point dog there. Yeah, and I'm really surprised by that. That's I, a large twenty six and a half. Yeah, I took a And M from the points. Uh, that's a lot of points. I really, I think Alabama is obviously really good. I don't think they're twenty six points better than a And M. I I I tell you what, that's stunning to me. The line is that large. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alabama is just rolled. Well, yeah. but. But you know they roll tide. Is that yeah, kind of your point? They've, they've just rolled the first two games. But they, you know, that was Ole Miss too. 
you know, that they just clocked. So that I think A and M's a lot better than Ole Miss. I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I thought we, I tell you what after after that Clemson game and watching them really run that to the very end and maybe should have won that. Got a call at the end on a fumble and uh, that would have been a, a huge win for them because Clemson's really good. They're they're a Final Four contender, and uh, so. Uh, I think that you know you can only have four teams in the final. I know that's true. I think I think I tell you what, I, well, you ask us that you know blindly. You didn't prepare me for that by saying you know Kevin. I'm going to ask you who your final four is going to be. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't realize you couldn't think on your feet. Well, um, uh, that's a little different different to ask that. But I do think that you could end up with two teams from the SEC in there. I I, I think you could, but I again, my issue on this is is the thing that that made Georgia a viable candidate last year was the win over Notre Dame. And they're not going to have that win on their schedule this year. Yeah, they got a bad schedule. They have a bad schedule. And, I, you know, they played well the first three games, but they're going to have to – they can't lose an SEC game, you know. They're, well, they, they can, I don't think they can get in with one loss. They can get in with one loss if they beat Alabama in the championship. Well, Alabama, but then you're only going to have one SEC team. But that's right? – no, I think you get two SEC teams. You think that Alabama would go then? <laughs> sure. If Alabama, if Alabama goes with with a loss, they always take Alabama. Um, okay, so my favorite college football tweet of the weekend um, was somebody said uh, that LSU and Auburn play the same game and have played the same game for the last 30 years. And it was. <laughs> it's always decided by an end-of-the-game kick. But... I think the big thing is, no, despite the fact that nobody can understand Ed Orgeron, yeah, they're three and zero and they look pretty good. You know, you can make that argument that it or, isn't Ed Orgeron just another, you know, incarnation of of our Les Miles. I mean, he's he's essentially the same quirky, strange kind of guy uh, that that fits that. He they really fit that program. If you're going to draw up a coach for for LSU. Ed Orgeron is the kind of coach you would come up with. Well, you say that just because of personalities, or do you say that because of schemes? No, no, no. Not I thought I thought I, I thought Les was much more willing to be wacky scheme wise. No, no, he is that. I'm just saying, that, but but Les is also an oddball. Well, you know? look, I mean, but yeah, but if if you can, you run a Cajun out there to to coach a, a yeah. team in Louisiana, you're going to endear yourself to a whole lot of people, you and bet. Then the people in North Louisiana are going to be like. LSU still not. Well, did you win? That's all we care about. LSU still doesn't have a quarterback, which is always amazing to me. But the but the thing you got to remember about LSU uh, is that uh, how many national championships have they won? Three, I think. I, I think it's three. Maybe it's four. Uh, but for that little bitty state uh, to be winning nas- that many national championships, that tells you a lot about the talent there. I think they probably got more talent per capita. Football town per capita in Louisiana than any place else. They in the play country. good football there. They have always played good football there. Um, but but for them to not to be able to come up with a quarterback, right, is just beyond me. And that's what killed Les was that he could, you know, he, he had a couple of quarterbacks along the way, uh, but he just could not sustain. He couldn't get any quarterback play. But you, and you know that goes back. I mean, it goes back like thirty years, really. I mean, it's just it's always been. You go back to go back to whatever coach you want to pick, whether it's you know Mike Archer along the way or whoever. It's like they never really felt like they ever could settle on one quarterback, and and it, it's almost like that school's been stigmatized that way. In that you go there and you're not real certain of having 
job security is the is the is the quarterback there. Whereas, you know, you know when, that's what the other schools are telling him. Exactly. But look, yeah. how how many blue chip quarterbacks have you seen come out of LSU? Why would you go there? We right. can develop you. I mean, and, and have you seen them develop there? No. And, and see, that's what I don't understand. Like, that my, they've always been they've always been an Alabama shadow on that on on that end. Yeah, they're, they're a great program, but they've always been somewhat in Alabama shadow. And in the era of Saban, I think that's been exaggerated even more. You know, you want to send your, your kid to go play for Nick Saban, you know what you're getting. Um, when Mark Rick was at Georgia, you wanted to send a running back or, or mm-hmm. pro-style quarterback there, yeah. you know what you were getting. When Spurrier was at Florida, and then when the Liar was at Florida, you knew what you were getting there. Um, I think LSU has been caught in the middle a little bit. I think the same thing had, had happened with Tennessee. But I do think that that, that school has – They've maintained a certain level of not just respectability, but no elite. more than more than that. Yeah, yeah. They're just they've always just been a quarterback away. Yeah, and and uh, uh, here's what I don't understand because you know, uh, and Tennessee has been in a lot of ways since since Peyton Manning was true, uh, true. But because here's what I don't understand is that so all these quarterbacks go to the same school, you know. And then you you get there and you and you don't end up being the starter and then you transfer and it says and of course you now Jarrett Stidham transfers and he transfers to Auburn, Auburn. so that's mm-hmm. a, that was a big a guy going from a one and quarterback look, but school. look at Auburn over the last few years Cam yep. Newton was a transfer in there right mm-hmm. Jarrett Stidham's a, a transfer in there yep. they've 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 continually filled once it you with hit guys. with one it's like well look look what we can do for you. sure and, 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 and coaching and, staff in place and yeah. you look at my school and you look you know jacob eason was supposed to be the greatest quarterback in, in the height in in the country and here he is he's transferring after a, a freshman comes in when he gets hurt and now georgia supposedly has the best freshman quarterback in the country in josh fields and he's playing behind so i mean these schools develop these these reputations and these these stigmas and in some cases, I think it helps them. In some cases, you know, you get this incredible wealth of, of depth. I think that's happened with Alabama on the on the on the, both sides of the ball with the line. I think in some places it hurts them. Well, I, I think it, to me, I, what I don't understand about the recruits, this is what I don't understand because uh, my my oldest son Jake and I talk about this all the time. He was a quarterback in high school, and he even went to D three to play quarterback. And and uh, is that if. I'm a really good quarterback, and all these kids think they are, right? And they all think they're really going to be good. Why would I want to go someplace where I'm going to compete with all of these guys? I'd rather go to LSU because sure. <clears throat> I know the LSU is going to be really good on defense. I know they're going to have a really good running back. And a lot of so, attention is going to be on me because I haven't had good quarterbacks Absolutely. There. And, yeah. I, and I got a chance to, to be the, the quarterback everybody remembers, mm-hmm. right? Why wouldn't you want to do that? I just don't get it. I don't understand kids wanting to go some. They, they'll go someplace because it has a reputation of developing quarterbacks. But listen, you know, LSU has produced pro quarterbacks. You know, you, you, if, if you're in a big-time program and you do, and you do well, they, they look at that. You know, that they had uh, – you know, it, it just – it doesn't – I, I, all, all agreed, all agreed on that. But at the same time, you've got, you know, you have got Saban walking into these places and saying, if you want to win a national championship, you come here. Well, you want to go play quarterback at LSU. You want to win a national championship. Here's the thing about here's the thing about Nick Saban. And how many how many people is is Alabama saying we're sending them to the NFL? Of course, that that's a different conversation about quarterbacks there because right. because when Jalen Hurts is coming out of Channel View, you know, Kevin Sumlin is friends with Jalen Hurts' dad. And he's not recruiting him. He's not. He's not going to him and saying, "Hey, you got to come here." And then when Alabama offered him, and then Kevin goes back to to Jalen's dad, and says, "Hey, how about how about coming and checking us out?" It's like, "Hey, it's a little late." 
you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, you know, so from this standpoint, I, I still don't think Jalen Hurts, I think he still leaves after this year. Uh, and, and, you know, I, why wouldn't he go to a place like Texas? I mean, if I'm, not, if I'm Texas – he, he's not a, he's not an accomplished thrower. He's certainly no more accomplished thrower right. than, than Sam Ellinger is. But I kind of like Jalen. Well, I think that's what you you've got this like um, it's almost like this uh, this network of deposed SEC quarterbacks mm-hmm. going yep. to the Big Twelve and deposed Big Twelve quarterbacks going to the SEC mm-hmm. because of the right. transfer rules. But yeah, I mean that's that's what happens. Um, I wanted to get into this uh, very quickly before we go before we go to the the. To, wherever we go well before we, we don't get do the urban liar um I, I wrote this on the big board today who is the biggest poo show right now is it arkansas florida state or nebraska uh you know i haven't paid enough uh florida state uh i think that uh you know before the season started there was the you know they had that cbs does that thing where they they poll all the coaches and uh, anonymous questions which i think some of it's not really fair to ask these questions anonymously, and then they, but when they asked for most un, overrated coaches, Willie Taggart was one of them, and uh, and in that, you know, they pointed out how how can you say a guy's overrated when he has a losing career record, uh, and 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 for Florida State to think, you know, we're going Willie was there at uh, Oregon for one year, we're gonna bring him back here to Florida, state of Florida, and he's gonna be great. And uh, when you have Kirk Herbstreet saying on the air, this is a, is a disaster, you know, a disaster is what he called it in their opener. So uh, that's not a good situation. Uh, you know, he may not, he may not survive the year. You they, think he really thinks so, huh? Only a year? Well, I mean, I, if it's if it gets bad enough, I mean, they were because because from the level they were to this, well, this you know, quickly, I mean, of course, you got to you got to blame Jimbo for this too, right? I mean, that some of this has to be on him. Although the I think the quarterback is really good. Uh, right. It's just that the, the problem is that the scheme they they've got and what they've got going. Well, on. I think the same thing. I, I think in all three cases, you know, you have to blame the predecessor in in, in for a lot of it. Because, sure. Nobody leaves a, sh- a, a program in great shape yeah. involuntarily, right? Um, I, I I've always had this kind of issue with Nebraska, thinking that that there's it's still 1970, um, and it's a whole it, it it is you know they're they're kind of behind the curve on, on a lot of that. But I was shocked that they lost to Troy State. I mean, yeah, that. Well, the bad thing for him too is he's a you know oh my gosh it's it's our prince coming home right you know Scott Frost and that was uh, and listen I I watched Ken Hatfield go back and take that job at Arkansas and he was the prince you know he had the great punt return against Texas in the championship season and so he he's a he's been a hero he's from Arkansas grew up in, in Helena you know and uh, and then he goes back and then he wins ten games a year. And he's doing a great job, but the fans are tired of the flex bone, you know, offense and all that kind of stuff. And I, I can still see him at the end of a game. I was down on the field, and as they're booing him, and he's looking up in the stands at him. I mean, he's <laughs> looking at him as they're booing him. And I'm thinking this was a bad idea. If if you you should never go home. You should never go back to where you grew up and where you were a hero because you eventually will not be a hero. It well, will, it but will be I mean. Disaster. I mean, Spurrier went back to Florida. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't work. You know, it, it worked for him, uh, uh, but but he's a different personality too, uh, and I think that makes it difficult. Right now, right now, early on, I mean, Kirby Smart is 
the king of of the state of Georgia. I mean, it, certain certain it works for certain guys and it doesn't for others. I mean, it, it all I just don't think it's worth the roll of the dice. If, if if it matters to you that you were this, you were held in this esteem at one time, why would you gamble with that? I'd right. rather go someplace else. On to your point about which was the biggest. You didn't bring up Arkansas yet. I was at that game. Were you at the? You were at Saturday, the game, you know, because you know my daughter's on the Palm Squad. You know, so uh, did you think it was a fair catch? I'll have to say this: I'm sitting in the end zone at the other end of the field, right? And and when when Arkansas punts, I mean, yeah, when Arkansas punts, it was a short field right. already. And I was wondering, why aren't you going for it anyway? They that were was my, punting from inside the fifty. Oh yeah, my, my thinking is, why aren't you just going for it here? And so the first thing I thought was, you're punting it right to him. I mean, why aren't you? If you're going to punt, punt right. at an angle. Punt, punt, you know, punt it outside. I mean, you, what could go wrong from here? If you hit a 10-yard punt, mm-hmm. it's going to be effective. You're running the chance he's going to catch it and run it back. Now, right. So as soon as he catches it, I can just barely see him, but I see everything stop, so I just turn, and I'm talking to Debbie. And, and, uh, and then I hear this big swell of uh, everybody's screaming, and I turn around and look, and the entire North Texas team is running down this sideline, and there is one Arkansas guy in the frame. <laughs> I mean, you, you almost could have taken a, a wide-angle lens and not gotten an Arkansas guy in the frame. And then the next thing we know, you, of course, they, they keep showing it on, on this big screen, and it, it's hilarious because he's just standing there, and he kind of shrugs his shoulders a little bit, and the guy comes up right next to him and walks off, and the other guy walks off. And after they walk off, he takes off. And it is just the greatest thing you've ever seen. It was one of the greatest decoys so well. I've ever it was, seen. And, and, and I, he was saying that one of the two guys that ran by him asked him, why didn't they blow the whistle? Yeah, absolutely. Why didn't they blow the whistle? And, and the other thing, things you don't even think about was they also had to – I heard this, you know, the, their, their special teams coach who came from Notre Dame uh, just kind of got this idea, and they figured Arkansas is one of the teams that we play. We can work this on. Let's see if it all fits. But he he slowly told the rest of the team, and you have to tell the rest of the team because if you look, most times the offenses just come out on the field. They assume, oh, it's a fair catch. So right, right. okay, let's let's get out there and get settled uh, so we can call the play. So I believe the the special teams coach went to Mason Fine, the quarterback, on Friday, and said, "Look, I, you got to do something for me here." I think we're going to do this in this game. He's going, what are you talking about? Peter said, Pan is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, they call it Peter Pan. They said, don't let the offense come on the field. Make sure all the guys, he said, so everybody had to be in on it because they could have got, easily right. gotten a 15-yard penalty for coming out for, on the field. Yeah, for too many yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it, it was just fascinating. To, and it just worked so flawlessly. Oh, and, it was and just perfect. Just, oh. And, of course, the funny thing was that Keegan Brewer was the one who made the return. And, of course, he's the one that's risking something here because, sure. you know, he has not put his hand up. A guy yeah. could come down here and just lay him well, out. I think now there's talk of actually looking at this and saying, no, well, let's not have this going forward. Right, because, because I, the, punt, the, the, the question, punt returner can really get hammered on well, this. Well, that's, that's the question that I asked when, immediately after I saw it was, okay, what happens if nobody bites, if, 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 if Arkansas does not bite for the fake He's fair catch and yeah. he gets absolutely hammered? Now, does Arkansas, is, is somebody on Arkansas going to get penalized for – being inside the halo is somebody going to get penalized for targeting? I mean, well, that could happen, but but the thing is, all you had to do is hit him in the midsection. Right, he's standing straight up. Right, uh, so there you are. Risking, That's my point. You're risking the kid. It's a huge risk reward play. Absolutely. I mean, it, it worked out, but it's a huge risk. Well, the NCAA anyway. supposedly is is looking at this and could even make a ruling before this weekend, yeah. which is really 
which in a way is, is okay because now this will be preserved forever it, it, as, the, as one of the great – Nobody should ever try to duplicate this play. It was the, 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 no. it was, now, TCU tried a, a play against Ohio State in which they got back in the end zone and the guy laid down on one side of the end zone so they couldn't see him. They kicked the ball to the other guy, and then that guy stands up. He, he throws the ball across the field to him, and he, and he returns it all the way for a touchdown. Unfortunately – he threw it past. He threw it he forward. He threw a forward pass. Yeah. He threw a forward pass. It was just a little bit ahead of him. Uh, you you got to love that kind of stuff. That's what you have to love about college football is that people are pulling off those kind of uh, things and trying to, yeah. and getting away with it. Well, the other, the other thing about this, and, and it's great, it's a signature play. It's going to be the, the ten highlights of the – I mean, this play is going to live oh, forever. on. Forever. But North Texas just destroyed Arkansas. It wasn't just about no. this play. No. They manhandled them on the well, road I, the entire game. I mean, I think that after that punt return, I'm going to guess that there was a whole lot of demoralization and embarrassment sure, on the Arkansas sure. sideline. I think what you saw in that game, I was watching that uh, the stats during the game. They didn't – Arkansas, I think uh, North Texas ended up with like 100 yards more offense. But the, the, you couldn't watch that game and think that, uh, no, which was the better team. Uh, now they got the they got the gift on the punt return. They've got uh, the uh, um, a pick six, right? There was a pick six. Wasn't yeah, there? yeah. Uh, that would be John Stephen Jones. John Stephen. Oh, that was right. That was John Stephen Jones. First play. Yeah, his, his first pass. Uh, so that's fourteen points. You you you, you could take that off. But it, but at any rate, they were still better. They they played better. They were coached better. Now uh, there's a. An issue of of whether you know, uh, I mean, Seth Latrell's been there at, at North Texas a couple of years now, and so he's he's really a good coach, and he's an up and comer, and uh, and I would be surprised if he keeps this up. He's at North Texas much longer, but I, I think that if you you watch that game it clearly, how is it possible that not only did this team look like it was coached better, uh, it looked like it had better personnel? Uh, you you can't watch that Arkansas game and go. Yeah, there's nobody whipping anybody here. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not. You know, North Texas is getting good pressure during the game. All kinds of things are going right for North Texas, and nothing's going right for for Arkansas. And then you know, there's no quarterback at Arkansas. I mean, Cole Kelly is is six seven and two sixty five, and and if he could run, that'd be a great thing. Uh, but he can't run. Uh, so he's, he's just a big guy, and uh, and he he threw. I think he had three interceptions. Uh, John Stephen Jones had one interception return for a touchdown. Uh, the other freshman they brought in the game, he also threw an interception. They had five interceptions. Ty Story was the only quarterback who didn't play. If I were him, I think I'd be leaving. <laughs> you know, if I can't, if you can't get in get that, in that game, game. Yeah. you're never getting it back in a game. So, I mean, I think Chad Morris knows that uh, this is going to be a really difficult situation. Here's the thing: I don't know when they're going to win another game. You know, uh, they've still got a, a, a non-conference game left, but I don't. Who are they going to beat in the SEC? Uh, I, I just don't. They're going to have to have an unbelievable perform, performance from somebody to to get them another win. So, if you're asking for the biggest poo show, as you put it, uh, I'm saying Arkansas right now. How did you come up with poo show? Yeah, well, he was flaming poo. Yeah, he was. He's going from another angle on there on that. Poo. In our colleges, did we uh, we so we we covered uh, you know I guess we should talk about Oklahoma, the best team in the Big Twelve. Kyler Murray's playing really well. No, uh, no, we shouldn't. I'm just going to ask you just for a second. We can, we can talk about <laughs> Kyler Murray. We can talk about the fact that uh, people are are already saying they're just as good with uh, with Kyler Murray instead of Baker Mayfield. What's your take on that? 
my take on that would be let's wait a little bit. Yeah, that's be my, my take. You're talking about the guy who was the most accurate quarterback in college football last year and it was the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. I, I, you don't lose a guy like that and, and say you're just as good or better. Um, I think they're good. And Cotter's very good, and he's very talented. Uh, and that so far, Lincoln has done a very good job adapting their offense to what he does best. That is the key to a, a, a good coach, in my estimation, is that you don't take that square peg and pound it into a round hole. You figure out a way to maximize what this guy does. And to that point, you know, even at Texas Tech, uh, where it's just been one disaster after another, uh, they – once again, Cliff Kingsbury has found himself a quarterback. Alan Bowman goes out as a true freshman and just throws it all over the place against Houston. I was surprised by that. I thought that Houston's defense would be good enough to stop them. Uh, Tech still can't play defense, uh, but Cliff Kingsbury has once again found himself a, a quarterback. And so if he does not survive this season as a head coach, or if he survives the season but not the offseason, I guess I should say, uh, somebody should hire him as an offensive coordinator and, and just say, I want you to go find me a quarterback. Because, LSU. Well, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, if if if, uh, if they were smart, that's the kind of thing I would do. Uh, I don't think that Cliff's really a head coach. Um, I think he has really struggled in that role. But he is uh, – it's not just his scheme and what he's running there. It's his ability to recognize quarterbacks. He's had more quarterbacks at, at Texas Tech than Texas has had in the last – 40 years. Well, I want to say one thing here about that, and that is that um, you were very much uh, early on on the Patty Mahomes uh, bandwagon, and I want to congratulate you for that. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. It didn't take it didn't take much. You know, the, the when that all changed hands at Texas Tech, and you know he, he got rid of you know, Baker Mayfield left, and Davis Webb left, and Mike Brewer left. And then, you know, he, Patrick Mahomes was coming in at that point, and he knew that. And I think he knew that, no, this, this kid's better. Uh, now, I don't know what kind of NFL career Mahomes is going to have. He's got, a, he's got a lot of Matthew Stafford in him, uh, you know, and Brett Favre and all that. I, got, I kind of guy who has so much ability, I can do anything. But when you throw the ball 70 yards in the air and hit a guy uh, – that's pretty good. And, you you know, one of those passes he threw, uh, not last week, the week before last, Tyreek Hill, was one of those things where it's like he was looking out in the hallway from his room and gave it one of those, <laughs> you know. It, it's like – He can change his arm angle and flip it. Un- really unlike, unlike Dak Prescott. Yeah, he can do things – he can do whatever he wants out there. And uh, he, he's a tremendous talent. He's as – he's as, to me – you know, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented passer in the NFL. I don't think there's any question about that. He can do anything with the football. Uh, but uh, I think that if Mahomes continues on this track, I think he can be that and, and even more athletic. Uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers is pretty athletic. He's even more so than that. This is a, a special kind of talent. So, Well, I just want to applaud you for that. Well, thanks very much for that. I'll take all the applause I can get. I don't think that's very much so to say that. This, this was a guy who had a lot of ability. Uh, but he went to Texas Tech, went out there to play for Cliff Kingsbury, a team where it's, you know they're not going to be very good. And I don't, you know, looking back on, that, I don't follow recruiting that much. I don't know why he went there, and maybe instead of someplace else. I mean, not not to say not nothing against Texas Tech, but uh, that kind of talent, you'd think he could have gone a lot of places, um, and and he didn't. So. Um, 
anyway, that's so that's uh, that's Texas Tech. We've covered TCU. We didn't say anything about SMU, and that's probably for the best. Um, I will say this: Seth Luttrell has now beaten SMU's new coach, and he's yes. beaten SMU's old coach. So that's he correct. is he is the king of SMU. He is the king of North Texas this year. Uh, well, Rudy Bush has come in here, and he's is Rudy here? Rudely interrupting. There he is. It's not rudely. I believe we're stepping on his time. I believe it's. it's I believe it's rudely Bush. Rudely Bush. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but uh, now we have to move out of the way so Rudy can do his TV hit, and uh, we'll be done for the week. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you, everybody. Um, Boy, we didn't talk about the Emmys. The, the less said on that, the better. Apparently, um, David, it was a pleasure to have you here. Oh, Evan, always enjoy being with you. Um, and never in, the, in this setting, in a room where we've got a green screen. Never again <laughs> wear a green shirt. Thank you, yeah. uh, Kevin. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there were a lot of things that we talked about today that you've written about many times in the past. <laughs> thank you for not mentioning every single time we so did. So thank you. You know, I'm I'm trying not to be offended by that kind of commentary. We're supposed to be cross-referencing the things that we do for the paper and for the website that we do for the podcast. Not from 11 years ago. Oh, no. Uh, when I'm right, I'm so infrequently <laughs> right that when I am, I like to bring it up. All right. And for me... Your perfect host. I'm Evan Grant. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the College Football Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.